for Australian made. It's important to buy Australian right now. Look for the logo and be sure it's Aussie. Road to the Ashes with Simon O'Donnell and Steve Harmison. Welcome back to Road to the Ashes. Thanks to Australian Made. Look for the green and gold kangaroo. Simon O'Donnell, Steve Harmison with you. Harmy, what are your memories of Chris Rogers? Um, very difficult to get out. The more you hit him, the more he stood there and just took it and fought back at you. Um, and off the field, one of the nicest blokes you'll ever wish to meet. So going into coaching, I always felt where if you had a coach or a mentor like that, a bit like, you know, Diva, we have played a lot with Michael DiVinito. Diva went into coaching and you you got the sense with the character that there was a lot to give other people. And that's the what I got off the way Chris Rogers not only played, but was as a character and a player. I don't think we played that much against each other, did we, Bucky? I think you, you came to England just after I was getting old and fat and couldn't bowl anymore. I didn't realise this was a mutual admiration no, 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 this... looking for a bit of dirt, to be fair, but I haven't got any. Chris Rogers, <laughs> welcome to Road to the I've Ashes. Got, I've got a bit off a golf trip, but not off the cricket field. Well, this this is brilliant, actually, um, Sod, because uh, actually on my way here, I was thinking about my um, probably my last game I ever played against Harmy. Uh and it was a T20 game, and, and obviously T20 is not my, um, my strong point, but oh, it was 2009... Um, Durham versus Derbyshire, uh, we batted first, got 175. I got 50 off 37, took Blight. the big fella down. Um, he came on <laughs> second change. Um, and then we knocked him over and, and to add, uh, insult to injury, he got a golden duck and we won. So, um, that was my, my last memory of, of, of Harmy. So, Top that Harmy. Um, and the other one, I probably should bring this one up was the, um, the Lilac Hill match. So I've gone hard at him here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. I'd already got out and I, I went and sat down and I just heard these these cheers kept coming. Because you bowled about a 15 ball over, didn't you? I did. I couldn't. I, I Even to this day, right, even to this day, I can't remember that. I remember, can you remember, you know, it's Lila Kill, everybody's sitting around the yeah, boundary yeah. holes. <laughs> no side screens. No side screens. Yeah. No side screens, nothing. So I've gone chasing a ball, and instead of going feet first, I can't go feet first into the crowd because <laughs> kids are. So I've gone head first into the crowd. I put my head off off the rope, and obviously I concussed me. And I, I still to this day can't remember that day because once I'd gone, I, I remember went off not long after that that over. I lay down. I was sick, and I, and I mean. I had no idea what, what was going on, but I was a young man wanting to try and impress me, press the team. And um, I impressed Australia more than I did press <laughs> impress England. If I, if I remember right, that, that day, they were, they were interesting games though, Bucky, because he's always chucked in a, a couple of older men, older fellas to, to go, well, if, if the touring team beats you, it don't matter. Yeah. And then there's like some free hit, and it? Yeah. And yeah. us everywhere. After we just got off the plane. Well, I'm being a bit harsh because I actually I was doing a bit of coaching this morning and I wanted one of the the um, our young openers to to have a look at, at Justin Langer and, and and how he he used to stay on safe side on so much and I clicked onto the 2005 Ashes one of the you know the greatest series of all time and and there you were Harmy Bowling unbelievably um, kept beating his outside edge from from memory so um, yeah that, I'm sure that they're pretty good memories for you. They're always good memories. Simon, they're always good memories when it's a good contest. And I think that's 
probably the biggest thing I'll say about this contest is it's going to be some that that Ashes battle between bat and ball was a ridiculous contest, and I think I think we're in for for that contest again. And from an Englishman Englishman's point of view, you know that bowling attack that Australia have got could have that same contest that, that the context of the series. Like twenty five Test matches in your career, three. Ashes series over that journey of 25 test matches. Were they the test matches that stood out most to you over over your test match cricket journey? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I had a lot of history in England as well playing county cricket. So um, two of those Ashes series were in England. So um, <clears throat> I had a lot of familiarity with, with, with the place and a lot of, you know, good relationships with, with people over there. So I always, you know, used to, always have those messages from, from UK friends going, I hope England win wins, but I hope you do well. So it was, um, it was, it was always a really, you know, it was a really enjoyable, uh, contest versus, versus England. Cause the other thing is that the intensity that comes with that, with that series is, is second to none. I mean, I never played the, the test series in, in India against India. So I can't compare that. Um, I'd imagine that that's uh, on an equal footing, but, um, but yeah, playing those those Ashes series, particularly, I really enjoyed those ones in England because of the, the when you play the crowds, while not so big, they they feel like they're almost on top of you, and you can hear almost every comment people are saying, um, which is always a bit bit of humour. But um, yeah, I, I love those experiences. We, we had Marcus Harris on a couple of shows back uh, with Steve and I, and and I asked him the difference of batting in Australia to batting in the UK. I'll be up front. I wasn't happy with his answer. Can you tell me a little? I, I thought there was he there was more to it, but Marcus was pretty. Yeah, I heard pretty, what he said. Yeah, pretty simple in, in the way he explained yeah. how to bat, and I thought it was a bit more tricky than that, for want of a better way of putting it. How did you find batting at home here in Australia to batting in the UK? No, I I, I heard what he said. He he was trying to say you play straight, but you score square. So. You're still trying to, you know, be as good as you can defensively, give it the full face. But I can equate it to playing like playing big spin. When you play big spin, you're, um, if you look at your wagon wheels, you're we scoring shots. <laughs> well, sometimes. But <laughs> your scoring shots go really, really square. And it's hard to hit straight. So you're, you're almost going with the, the spin. And it's the same because the, the, of the movement of the Duke's ball. Um, it's really hard to, to kind of hit straight back down at it rather than you're trying to play later. So you're almost adjusting your hands at the last second mm. um, and, and go in with the ball. So, you know, if it's swinging away, you're kind of trying to go towards more cover point. And if it's swinging in, go towards more, more square legs. So w- one of the best innings I've ever seen um, was, was Kumar Sangakara's uh, uh, over at Lords when he got 100. And if you look at his wagon wheel, it, it's just, you know, it's almost exclusively Sweet. through um, against the quicks, uh, uh, through cover point, you know, backward point and, and square leg. So you've, it just means you're playing later because you're letting the ball just come that fraction further and then go. When, it, when, it's, when there's no swing, nothing, you can, you can actually back your hands and just hit back straight through the line. And the same when it doesn't spin. So, but that's the key point, isn't it? The, the <clears throat> letting the ball come to you more than you reaching towards the ball. Yeah. You you push out over there and um and there's a good chance you're gonna you're gonna edge it. And and the other thing is if you're playing later and you're kind of playing a bit more with that angled bat, you know, it's angled back towards, you know, the, the um the keeper or whatever. But um 
if you do edge it, it it's it's hopefully it's going to go down and not not carry to the to the slips. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I think Marcus probably said exactly the same thing. The, the bit that's just made even more sense to me then is letting that ball come to you. Yeah. You know, so often here we we get on that front foot and not reach for it, but we'll play further out in front of our body in Australia than what we will in the UK. For the mere fact we're hitting straighter in Australia, you're playing with more of the bat. Yep. There you're playing more with you with your hands and you. You know, we buy a. We buy all of a bat. You should, you know, I always used to say we use the whole face. <laughs> I but, certainly did, yeah. But you're quite right. In, in in England, you're letting that come on and you just go with it that little bit. So you find you are yep. running the ball more than hitting the ball with a full face. Yep. It's, it's it the same sense. play in reverse swing. You, you you rarely see, when it's reverse swing, you rarely see a thumping straight drive or an extra cover drive. It'll be kind of squirting out towards towards um, deep point or you're kind of working it towards fine leg, that that kind of stuff. So it's it's a similar concept. And Bucky, you talk about you know opening a bat in England. There's two experienced openers at the top. There's been question marks whether how long they've got to go at the top. How important is experience batting in England when you come over to England and you first get going? And I'm, you know, we've mentioned the name there, Marcus Harris, who's got runs already in county cricket. Seen a couple of dismissals, which I think with alarm bells, especially the, the second innings of Warner and Kawaja, doing exactly opposite what you've just said. You've got Jimmy Anderson coming against you. How tempted would you be to have somebody that's experienced a lot of cricket in England at the top of the order if in the first test match um, England get one over and get Smith and Labashin in early? Uh, yeah, I mean, knowing Andrew McDonnell as well, uh, I think he'll back the, the senior players in to, to, to work it out, to figure it out. I mean, plus they have a lot of experience over there as well. So... Um, you know, even if you look at the the, the backup um, top order um, in 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 Harris and Renshaw, I think you know those selections were a lot to do with the fact that they have played so much over there, and and there's just so many little uh, intricate uh, learnings that you get from playing county cricket that um, until you go over and and, and experience, um, it, it's really difficult. You know, so I look at kind of someone like Sam Whiteman. Uh, I think he's at Northampton, is Northampton or. Um, one of those ones, um, and you know he's 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 gone from the Wacker to go playing at Wantage Road, um, and it's it's you know it's a different world in in some respects. So um, it, it's the, just the kind of learnings you get over there will do him that the mountain of good, and 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 for the next time he's over there, um, you know we'll, we'll, we'll set him in good stead. Okay, how difficult is it? So, so often we say you know you got to know where your off stump is. Is it different? to know where your off stump is in the UK to knowing where it is in Australia because that ball does move more? Um, I actually think you, you want to know where your leg stump is in um, in England. I know that's a bit of a weird concept, but I always felt um, with the Duke sport, it almost, particularly when I first went over there, it was almost like there was a magnet in my knee roll and the ball would just kind of dart at it. And almost like it would gather pace um, off the pitch and, and, and dart at your knee roll. And you know, I was getting LB kind of falling over because once again, I came from the Wacker where you try and get um, across into the line and play in the line of your eyes. And over there, you, you probably want to stay on the leg side of the ball, get your pads out of the way and, and back your hands um, a bit more. So, um, yeah, I felt there was a, 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 um, a magnet on my knee roll. So I was trying to get, I was trying to go more to the leg side, get my pads out of the way, mm. use my hands and either if I if I edged it, 
and I was good enough with my technique, it wouldn't, it wouldn't carry or they'd have to carry it. And who wants to carry it? Sorry, they'd have to catch, and who wants to carry catch a Duke's ball in um, in April in England? So, yeah, it was that that that's that. It, I think it's very different. Whereas, yeah, in Australia, you probably play a bit more in line with the eyes. Over there, you try and play a little bit more on the leg side of it. Wow. No, we've had some. We got some technical points. Let's have a bit of fun now. Talk about it. We've given them all. They know what they're doing now. We know what they're doing now. Let's have a bit of fun. What does the ashes mean? What does the ashes mean to Chris Rogers? You played a lot of cricket in England, so you sampled it before you played the Ashes in England. Unbelievable series at home, thirteen, fourteen. So, what does the ashes mean to you? Uh, I think as an opening bat, it was it was the pinnacle. You know, it was, it was, it was probably where you can judge yourself, um, over there, but, but also th- there's the history and tradition, you know, you knew you were something of, of uh, a part of something incredibly special. Um, and you know, I, I've watched so many series, Ashes series and, 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 you know, I've been glued to the, the, the TV, um, you know, back probably, uh, 93 was, you know, was, was probably the one that kind of you know, stood out for me, for, you know, from, a, from so many points. And I really, cricket kind of even took off even more for me. 2005, you know, that, that series felt like it was almost in fast forward. Um, and then, then getting to play in, in 2013, um, yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's just an honour to be a part of. And um, and in intensity, it, it's hard to recreate. Because I always say, too, the other thing about when you when you go over to an um, – and play in Ashes in in England. It's the game doesn't start at eleven o'clock or till ten thirty. It starts when you when you walk out to go to breakfast because there's all the support, all the Aussie supporters are staying in the same hotel. So you almost you're switched on from you know it's almost a, a performance from when you kind of walk into bre- breakfast and you're on and everyone's talking about the game and and you know it's gone through your head. So they they were draining days, but um, uh, it was like a roller coaster. The, 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 the the tough days were super hard. The great days, the best days ever. So yeah, that's probably the way I'd explain it. But tell us about Scott Boland. <clears throat> he looks to me as an outsider. I don't know him well, but he's a coach's dream. You you just every time the ball is thrown to him, you know exactly what you're going to get. His humility just amazes me. That you know, I'll go wherever you tell me to go. If you want me to play, I'll play. If you don't want me to play. I'll do my best off field to make sure that the team does well. Is that who he is? Um, in a nutshell, that that's exactly who he is. He's he's um, he's a very humble, quietly spoken man. Um, but also, there's a streak in him. Um, I, I remember we'd <clears throat> we'd had a chat earlier in the season about not playing a, a you know, maybe in all the one day games for Victoria. Um, and this was kind of COVID times, and 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 we got to a period, we got to the back end of the season, we were effectively playing three months of cricket within two months, um, and this is when he was, you know, he was in his own mind, he was pushing for the Australian side, um, and you know, I called him out, called him up to say, look, we're we're not, we're going to pick you in that, um, in in the one day come coming up, and wow, we, you know, he 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 let. You know, he let me know he was very disappointed and, and, and had to get him in to kind of explain the logic about, you know, how much is he bowling? How much could he potentially bowl? And in the end, he, he saw where we were coming from. Um, but I remember that there was this kind of fierce competitive streak um, and pride in, in, in what he does. And, and you see that with how he, <clears throat> how he, um, 
he performs and prepares. So one of the things, Mickey Lewis, the bowling coach, when I first got to Victoria, he said, watch this. He said, Scotty Bowling in every break. So, you know, every break or before the day's play, he'll be out there bowling balls, um, making sure he's ready to go. And not everyone does that. that and, and Harmy, you, you know that. It's, mate, it's hard. Sometimes you've just had lunch. It's hard to get yourself. Or you've been out there for a session. Or it's, it's hard to get yourself out and, and, and go and prepare right for the next session, isn't it? You know, especially if you've had three or four sessions in the, in the dirt. Um, but he'll never miss it. His just wow. attention to detail is, is off the charts. Um, and as for, yeah, he's a captain's dream. Give so him even the ball. if he wasn't going to open the bowling after he'd still lunch, do it. He'd, absolutely. he'd just go out there for that last so, 10 minutes to just make sure that everything was operating correctly. So he doesn't, in, in a lot of words, he leads completely by his actions. So all the young guys of Victoria, they just, they absolutely worship the ground he walks on because, you know, that they see he goes out and he does everything um, that needs to be done and, and they follow Simon, you're talking to a guy who tried to bowl the last, make sure he got the last two overs before lunch so he could have three at lunch. So he didn't have to bowl for 40 minutes after lunch. So that was my philosophy of trying to bowl after that. But just just a, a sort of another one of your experiences of England and your coaches head on. Five test matches, six and a half weeks, that's a grueling schedule. You know, one of your bowlers has got to play all five in Pat Cummins. He's got two because he's captain. It's not so much how do you get Josh Hazelwood into side, but if you're Andrew McDonald, do you pick bowlers for different grounds? Because you know more than anything else. Lord Slope, Headingley might be overcast, bouncy pitch at Old Trafford possibly, with you don't know what you're going to get at the Oval if it's been dry. Do you then try and predict which bowling attack you want so you know you've got all bases covered? Uh, yeah, you'd, you'd look at those those pitches, I think, and you'd, you know, you'd figure out, which of the ones are going to seem, which ones are going to be a bit flatter. Um, Lord Slope is going to play, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd almost, Starkey would be one of the first picked at Lords because I think a left armour swinging down that slope is a nightmare from my experiences. Um, so little things like that, you'd, you'd be, you'd be definitely kind of looking at your bowling roster and, and saying, okay, well, who fits in where um, best? Who fits in right now? <clears throat> Hazelwood or Boland in the first test match? Um, I think that they'll they'll probably back in what they've got. Um, keep Josh just ready to go. Um, give him maybe another week of, of bowling, um, and then you know maybe he'll play the back four. You just you just never know um, with that. But he's also he's you know maybe he's not even capable of that. So maybe three out of three out of the last four he he'll, he'll play. So. Um, that would be my gut. I, I, I don't know if, if the bowlers have pulled up well, they're feeling okay. Um, I, I think that they might go in with a, with a similar kind of attack. Prediction? <clears throat> uh, ah, oh, five nil. Easy. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm good I, on your green. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I, I, th- I, it's a, it's a really, really hard one to pick and, and, um, I'm not going to say, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, um, uh, oh, you know, England have to do it against our tackle, although I just did. But um, it's, it's, it's just going to be fascinating to see, um, you know, how much, uh, how aggressive they, England are. And I hope they, they, you know, they come all guns blazing. It's going to make for an amazing contest. Mm. I, just, look, I just want to ask you one quick final one on your coach's hat on. Talking about the baseball stuff. 
has that changed the way you look at coaching because of the way England have basically they've they've re you know they've, they've just sort of reinvented the wheel of Test match batting, then they are longer format batting, four day batting. Uh, it, it has actually. Um, I mean, I, you know, I would have been. I, I look, I look at that even from my own experiences and think, how could you bat like that? Like, I, I wouldn't have averaged fifteen, but um, batting like that. But, but it's clear that that some players are capable of that style, and that actually suits them. You know, with the, with the even the mental side of the game, it it it, it frees them up. Um, it gives them clarity about what they're doing. A bit like. Darren Lehman telling um, Mitch Johnson to bowl, you know, bounces every ball at the tail kind of thing. And it, it gave him real clarity. So for this, um, I'm not saying that necessarily did happen. I just say maybe it did. But, um, <laughs> and then, um, but uh, it's, it's, it was a, it, I think it's given them a lot of, a lot of clarity about that. And so for us, um, Matt Short's been the one, you know, he's, he's been tinkering and with different things, a lot of his career. And, and then it, it was just more of a case of, you know, go out, look at the gaps in the field and I'm just going to try and score runs. And, um, and, uh, and that seems to have given him a lot of clarity. Um, if I, uh, if I, if I ask you a question without notes, which I'm going to, if, is it about your son? No, no, it's not about my son. No, no it's not about my son. That'll come later on. Over a year or something. Right. Um, if I asked you what Steve Harmison's top score was, in oh, test wow. cricket, what would you say it is without Googling it, without, you know, no, no help from you know, AI, nothing. Why do I f- have a feeling you've got a 50? Would I be way what? off? How could you You're even not think off. he's got a 50? Why? I don't. You're not. Uh, you're not well. 49. Uh, well, Can you believe his, 49. his highest yeah, test score I, yeah. is 49? He didn't know who, what who end was, to hold. Who was that against? I, I I had a feeling. It was against South Africa. Right. I was disgusted. Those bowlers never played again. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It was was against South Africa at the Oval when Monty ran me out. Who batted 11? I was. Yeah, Mao Monty batted 11. Yeah, I was going to say. Even even I could get in front of that one. Um, But I'll throw one back at you. Yeah. What was Simon O'Donnell's highest score? Oh, wow. Um. Well, 50 didn't come to mind straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pass on that. It was 48. Now, I'm being 40, sitting oh, here for right, six exactly. weeks okay. looking at this big mug right. in England thinking, how did he get a, an extra – how did he have a higher test score than I did? Well, at least you, you, you hey, know, the, when there was rubber on the end of the handle, you, that's where you gripped it? Yeah. He wouldn't have known. The outside edge comes in handy yeah. sometimes. So. Oh, seriously. <laughs> Enough's enough. Buck, I've had enough of you now. All right. Well, I'll catch you on a more a social level at some stage. I look forward but to it. But thank you for coming in. Pleasure. Brilliant. Um, great to see Absolutely. you. Looking fit as usual. Enjoy the series. Enjoy your commentary during the summer with, uh, with our mob and enjoy your coaching with Victoria. Thanks very much. Thanks, Emily. It's been um, good.